Welcome back, everyone. Uh, fuck, I fucked it up again. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Reservations. We're your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Jeremy Blair. And that's how you do a proper intro. Yeah, that's the, at the top of the show, like you're supposed to. Yes. <laughs> uh, if anyone, I was going to say, saw our episode last week, uh, you didn't see it. Impossible. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But if you listened to our episode last week, yeah, I can. Kind of goofed on the intro. Goofed. We had already, like... Well, I mean, we hadn't gotten into the movie, but... Yeah, it doesn't matter. I didn't really... Yeah. Um, and yes, so... Uh, we are aware that the first episode is not up on our YouTube just yet. Uh, again, like we mentioned last week, since it's so new for us... And we should also point out that it is just the two of us. Uh, yes. Literally. I mean, we don't have we, another person that helps us really We do with not have editors. Us. We do not have... Uh, interns unpaid interns that we can just say here here's all the footage edit it and put it up well we could have unpaid interns but we are also unpaid so it is just no one's getting paid yeah yeah so uh just bear with us uh that first episode should hopefully be coming out soon Uh, and hopefully with this episode uh this episode won't take as long either to come out i hope not either but uh, the audio will still be out on tuesday and yes. so that's perfectly fine yes with me. yeah the the audio will still come out tuesdays like they always have and then videos i guess uh, i think once we get episode i might do video of the next day you know we okay. may have released the video the next day oh that'll be interesting so audio on tuesdays video on video wednesdays. on wednesdays that could work would you guys like that let us know in the comments that you guys never use. Um. <laughs> oh, and I gotta get the and I gotta get the season five premiere up on the website too, uh, because I oh I'll, it is not on the website. Well, because I haven't updated the website yet because we don't have a season five logo yet. Oh, that's it. But we will. We guys. will. We I, we think we finally have made a decision. We just gotta get it made. It is very possible that we do. Yes. Um. All right. Well, rain. This week it's very exciting. To quote the movie, we got a winner. And I am ecstatic to talk about this movie with you today. I have seen this film more than 20 times in my lifetime. Uh, I think the first time I ever saw it, I was 14. Uh, It was the uh, summer after my eighth grade year. I was going into ninth grade. Uh Um, And I saw this movie and then I saw Pi at the same time. Um, you know we went to high school at the same time, right? No, I know. <laughs> I know. But I'm just telling you, like, where... Where you, you know, were in your when, life. When I saw Requiem for a Dream, our, our film for uh, today. Yeah, so, let's see, the movie came out in 2000. Oh, I was late to the game. I mean, it had been yeah. out for, like, six or seven well, years. We were, we were only... You know, seven, eight years old when this movie first came out. Yeah, so I mean, it's so there's um, no way we would have seen it when it no, first came no, out. No, no. So obviously it was a you know late to the game, but you know again I you know as soon as I saw it, I was completely obsessed with it, and I watch it at least once a year. So uh, before we get into everything, I do want to give you my first impressions. Yes, and I would love to hear your first impressions because this is my favorite part about showing this movie to people is. Uh, their reactions. So. Um, so I, I knew how the movie ended, okay. um, because I had seen a, I'd been watching a lot of what culture on YouTube, mm. and they did a video of like horror. I don't know why this was listed because it's not a horror movie. Well, but I've seen this movie listed in a lot of 
scary non-horror movies, okay. right? Like, I think, like, Never Ending Stories on that list and, like, a whole <laughs> bunch of other things that are, you know... Not technically a horror movie. Yeah, that aren't horror movies at all, but that are frightening. Yeah, and so so it was, like, uh, like Ten Fates Worse Than Death, and they talked about Marion... And they kind of briefly touched on the other characters in this as well, but like they were like, Marion's fate is the worst. I disagree. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. And so I was like, what the, what the hell is this movie? Because I always assumed it as... Because I feel like I had heard about this movie and someone told me it was like... Not what it was. You know, they, they I guess they didn't understand. Or maybe they just confused it with a different movie. I see. Um, and so my first impressions were... Um, I, I really enjoyed how Darren Aronofsky shot it. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the, the parallel, the side by side footage. Mm-hmm. Of course this, and I know you're going to hate me, but this is the only movie of his I've seen. Okay. Um, and I know you've given me Black Swan. Yeah. And, uh, and this is probably controversial, but I refuse to watch Mother because okay. I also know how that movie ends. We can we'll briefly touch on that because it's because um, I was going to bring up a couple of his other films just as comparisons, right? Uh-huh. Um, but go but ahead. not Noah. No, we can talk about that one also because <laughs> I've I, there's there's parts of that I like too. I mean, you know, he's he always has a really creative approach to something, uh-huh. right? And so with Noah. We'll get to Requiem in a second. With Sorry. with Noah, it was um, treating Noah as someone who is suffering from survivor's guilt, right? Mm. And that's such an interesting thing I never thought about, right? Yeah. And so what he does is he takes this story in, in the Bible. That's what, like two pages, not even. And, yeah, in um, Genesis, yeah. And really reads in between the lines and does this what if thing. There are some things in there that I don't like in the movie, but like as far as like storytelling or as far how as, he know, things, took it. As far as things he may he added in, right? Like the angel stuck in the rocks or, you know, the you know, I don't know. There's there's a few things in there that I didn't care for, but that I still respect this the swing, right? Well, and it well and you know, hang on everyone. Well, and you know, that movie did get banned in like like Jerusalem or some shit. I mean, I don't blame him. But um, but anyway, so like you know, so I, I enjoyed a lot of the direction and uh-huh. that. You know, I kept remembering what you said that this was a independent film, um. And it it we it just I was like, this is an independent movie. There's Definitely, no, yeah. I'm like, there's no way because it, it just it didn't feel like one. Mm-hmm. Um. I was also expecting it to be longer. Okay. Um, but, of course, in the middle half of the movie, I felt like it... It's it's one of those... It's a perfect three-act structure. I wrote that down because it's summer, fall, and winter, right? Right. And I... I mean, we'll talk about the transitions between each one, um, but I think that's what kind of makes it not seem as long, mm-hmm. right? It's almost episodic. Well, 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 what I mean is, like, I guess once we get to fall, Mm -hmm. it almost like all of a sudden the film becomes two hours longer. It feels... Okay. In my opinion, it felt stretched out. Did I hate it? No, I did not hate it. Uh, There were things 
So I told her how, because Ashley kind of watched the last 30 minutes with me. The best part to watch, I guess, but um, she probably needed some context. <laughs> I, I was trying to give her some, because she was busy while I was watching, and, and uh-huh. I tried to give her enough, uh-huh. but I knew, I was like, there's so much going on in this movie that just a little, so a little snag here and there will not right. do it justice, you know? Um... But it physically made me feel, like physically, like a movie has never physically made me feel something. Okay. Like my physical body was, was like, like it's hard to describe. Like I, it wasn't like disgust or anything, mm-hmm. but I was just like, I, I don't feel good now. Right. I mean, you're not really supposed well, to. Well, yeah. Right? It does, it, there is no cathartic end to this movie. No. The the nicest thing Aronofsky does is let you breathe during the the closing credits. That's it. Yeah. Um, but until then, he's yours, right? Yeah. And, um, or, you know, you're his, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, he's got a hold of you. Right. Until then. And then he lets you go and lets you breathe. Yeah, I yeah. Um. So all right, here's gonna here's what's gonna happen. Okay. Throughout our conversation, you are going to really, really respect this movie, and you're really going to appreciate it more than you do now. Okay. Um, I promise, because there is some things in here that is just so unbelievable and so creative. This entire film is creative. Um, you've never seen a movie like it. Yeah, probably. And, you know, I'm really glad that that has become part of our sort of lexicon on this show. Is yeah. That's not the first time I've said that, you know. And so I'm really glad that we're talking about film on the show that really pushes boundaries. Yeah. And this film really pushes boundaries. Um, as soon as Sarah locks herself in the closet and we split the screen... Uh, so we can see both of them. I was like, I'm him, you know. Yeah. Um, well, well, I'm I'm all I'm ready to do this. I got my Nickelodeon sweater. Perfect. On. Yeah, and you need it. You need a Nickelodeon sweater because because uh, uh, we're about to get slimed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> about to get slimed with sadness and creativity. That's what we're about to do. So let's talk about the the film as a whole. The the narrative as a whole. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, because Darren just throws us in. He really does. No slow intro. He, he's our characters. No. Here are your characters. Go. Yeah. And, I mean, he's... What he does so perfectly in this film is laying out each character's motivations. Right. Here's what they want. Right? Right. And they're going to try their best to achieve. Ready, go. Um, Sarah's is the saddest for me. Sarah, yeah. here's why I say that. I, you know, and I'm not trying to victim blame or anything because, you know, these guys, the our three uh, friends are struggling in their own right as mm-hmm. well. But for Sarah, Sarah's, her fall from, from grace, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, her, her downward spiral is really not her fault. Um, she did not do this to get high. You know, she's not doing this for the euphoria. She's not doing, she's mm-hmm. doing this to fit in the dress. Right. Yeah. And she did not expect this to happen to her. Now there are three friends. They, they shoot heroin in their veins to get high. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so again, 
they're struggling with their addictions, and I get that. I would say theirs isn't on purpose either, but Sarah's is definitely not on purpose. Hers is completely by accident. Yeah, it... <sighs> Sarah definitely is almost the more innocent of our characters. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at the end, when her friends come to visit her. Ooh. And I'm... The the following scene, you know, they're they're kind of. Did you out. expect her to look like that? By the way, because well, see, you don't you don't well, really see her until they cut back to her after we get the reaction from her friends, right? Yeah. Well, when he sent that meme a while back to oh us and Alex, I completely yeah. forgot about that. I I was like, oh, that's where he got that from. That's where I got that. Yeah. But um. Uh, but you know, my, my very next word was after we see Sarah and then we see her friends outside, like hysterical. I was like, well, you're the ones who kind of fucking did this to her. Wow. Uh, I mean, but, but for reals though, like the one friend was like, yeah, you know, she went to this doctor. You should go there. Yeah. Of course, you know, I'm not saying that's the friend's fault that Sarah mm-hmm. kind of downward spiraled, but I see it. It's partially that friend's fault because she I was see. the one who was like, yeah, you should go see that doctor. Interesting. Interesting. Hot take. Hot take uh, for uh, for some blame. I like it. Now, um, let's uh, let's talk about the, the three friends. So okay. they obviously want to, if you want to boil it down to just bottom line, they want money so they don't have to worry anymore. That's it. Right. The way they're going about it is a little risky, right? Yeah. Um, again, they're going to continue to be in this uh, in this drug business, um, and they are putting all of their eggs in one basket when it comes to this is how mm-hmm. we're going to survive. This is how we're going to make it, right? Yeah. They they need to they need to diversify that portfolio a little bit. <laughs> a little, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. It took me a minute to figure out. Jennifer Connelly's role in all of this because okay. you know she wasn't because really it's Harry and Tyrone are, are like, yeah. doing most of it yeah and then I realized oh because Harry's kind of funneling money back to her so she can get her clothing line up and going right um, and so we know their motivations right right and so now the entire film is just watching them go after it right mm-hmm. let's try to make it happen so I. It's some of the most creative things I've ever seen done in film. Mm-hmm. Is um, is number one the hip hop montages, yeah. is what is what uh, Aronofsky calls them, um, and so we we get not only the the act of doing the drugs right, mm-hmm. which are all in hip hop montage, but so is you know the the montage of them selling drugs, right? Yeah. And uh, and Sarah drinking coffee or, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's unbelievable. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. very clever because there's a lot you can't really get away with when it comes to um, censorship-wise showing people doing drugs, right? Yeah, well, and see, and I actually really appreciate that, that we don't see them actually shooting up. Right. We see, you know, we see the needle, well, we see the action. Well, once. We see it once, and we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, but, you know, then we see, like, they're, you know, 
the the drugs going into their vein, like into the bloodstream, and then their eyes, the pupils widening. Which is the only thing that's not accurate. Uh, your pupils would contract with heroin, not uh, not. A I don't want to know how you know that. It's in the trivia. Oh, <laughs> and it's you know I took a drug and alcohol class in college. Um, so all right. Um, I want to talk for I don't know roughly three hours about Ellen Burstyn. I was gonna say Marlon Wayans. No, Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn is besides Christopher McDonald, I think the hidden gem of this movie. Um. I love Ellen Burstyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is pure magic in this. Um, she should have won an Oscar for it. Uh, Wasn't she nominated? Yes, I believe so. Um, or at least she was nominated for maybe a Golden Globe or something like that. But, right. Uh, films like this usually don't get um, you know, it, critical well, acclaim. You know, and, and, and I do want to talk about... The censorship later on in this episode, kind of mm. calling back to our American Psycho episode. Yes. Um, uh, of course, we probably both saw the director's cut, so that was no problem. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Ellen Burson. So here, here's the scene, and I believe I may have told you this last time, um, to watch watch for Ellen Burstyn, mm-hmm. watch for Sarah's scene. And it's the scene where the, Harry... The monologue? Yes. When, when Harry goes to visit her at the apartment, this is after things have been going well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, summer's almost over. We're gearing up for fall, right? But uh, they are succeeding, right? Right. So is Sarah. Everyone is succeeding. Everyone's doing great. So far, right? So far. We, we have plateaued, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to think of it as a graph. Um... And he has noticed her grinding her teeth, uh, which is where we get this brilliant switch uh, with the camera where instead of primarily focusing on the sunlight side of their face, now we're in the shadow side of their faces. Mm -hmm. And we we flip around because he's starting to notice something strange about Sarah, and it's because she's on uppers, right? She's on diet pills. Yeah. And her monologue into explaining why this is so important to her, why being on television is so important to her, why she really needs this, is devastating. And it's so sad. But here's what makes it, to me, the best scene in the film, is it's so powerful and it's so engrossing Mm -hmm. that she's a little off-center on screen, um, after she was done, after they had called cut, uh, Aronofsky went around to the camera guy to scream at him because he goes, what the fuck? That was perfect. And she's offset. And he's, and he stops because he looked up and he's crying, uh, the cameraman. And he said, I'm sorry. I fogged up the lens. I couldn't see her. I'm so sorry. And, and because he was sobbing because, because it was- her monologue was, you know. And I'm assuming they didn't retake it. So heartbreaking. No, of course not, because that's got to be the one that you put in the film, right? Yeah. And so that is the one they put in the film. And uh, Sorry about that. Um, And so, again, Ellen Burstyn just gives this movie her all, Mm -hmm. right? And especially when we get to the last half or the last quarter of the film, right, Mm -hmm. is really when, when she starts to, I mean, just hit home run after home run every scene she's in because she's selling it 
Right. Oh yeah, and you know, and I was watching the uh, on the special features, like her talking about it. Of course, now she's older. Right. But saying how, you know, she wasn't really interested in it from the get go. But then when her agent had her watch Pi, she was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, because Pi is fantastic. Um, and then how she, you know, adopted her Brooklyn accent from Darren's mom, who was on set. Who was in the movie as well. Really? Yeah, she is in one of the wide shots of all of the women laying uh, on uh, the lounge chair. She's on the end or something like uh, that. Oh, okay. And but, his dad's in the movie too. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, you know, and it's... It is really sad because, you know, it almost makes you feel (laughs) bad about leaving home. Like, maybe I should have stayed home. At least, like, how I was interpreting it. You know, because, you know, it almost seems like Harry's kind of got that inner thinking, like, maybe I should have... Maybe I should stay home. Yeah, Harry, um, his relationship with his mother is very toxic or at least strained right because when he's about to leave we get that beautiful wide shot of them on the opposite side of the room and they don't hug they don't touch each other no no i love you just no just okay see ya you know Mm -hmm. and of course that is completely on purpose that they are not to be near one another during that um exchange and and then of course we get the following scene with him in the cab and then we get uh, one of his um, his um, white frame fadeaways, mm-hmm. uh, which is the before and after, right? Uh, before drugs and then after, right? Uh, Jennifer Connelly gets one also uh, when she's standing in front of the mirror. Mm, yeah. Where we get a before and after. Yeah. And it's meant to, you know, show the euphoria, right? But that it doesn't truly fix their problem, right? It's just fixing their perception of the problem. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't feel like that you know talking really negatively about drugs in in this episode um, is. I don't think the movie's that preachy. I, I don't think uh, it's a cautionary tale necessarily. Yeah, you know, and I was, and that was something else that Ellen mentioned. In that is, you know, one of the things that Darren always told me was, "This was not a drugs movie. No, this is about addiction, whatever form that may take." Which I could see, you know, because even before Sarah. Was taking the diet pills, so all she would do is just watch TV. Watch TV and eat junk, right? Yeah. Addiction, right? Even Harry says it like she's, you know, the, she's an addict. She's, she's the biggest TV junkie. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, I don't feel like it's that preachy, you know, because there are. Sorry, everyone, I'm sliding down on the chair. Yeah, it's fine. Um, there are, you know, I have seen drug movies that are very preachy. You know, that are very like, oh, this way you shouldn't do drugs, mm-hmm. kids. But I don't think Darren... I don't think he was trying to, 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 to show us that way. I think he was trying to show, like, hey, look, seriously. This is the aftermath of having a full-blown addiction like this. Right. You know? And, of course... Uh, I haven't read the book, so... I haven't either, but I have... I mean, you could even argue that Sarah's downward spiral Mm -hmm. is only because she's addicted to television, right? Because she's doing all of this to be on TV, that's it. Which is... I don't want to poke any plot holes in this movie, but that, for me, is a kind of a plot hole, that she just gets this random call. Uh, You know what? I I know exactly where you're going with that. And it's like, you're going to be on television, but... I think it's supposed to be sort of... 
vague and to make you just a tiny bit uncomfortable because it's the same reason why when she goes to the doctor you can't see into the hallway mm, or yeah. um you know when harry and tyrone get arrested it's why you can't see a lot of their surroundings right yeah or when um sarah's the hospital right there is no wide shot of the hospital Right. Not really. Yeah. Uh, we are focused on her and that is it. And so it makes you feel not only claustrophobic, but also it just makes you feel uncomfortable because you have no idea where you are. Yeah. And it's putting you in their shoes of just being confused, scared. Right. And completely unaware of what is happening to them. Right. Um, which I think is why, you know, in, in Marion's case, you know, we don't get to see the house really. <laughs> We don't really get to see the room. It's dark. and Oh, when she has sex with Arnold? Yes. Yeah. Uh, not only Arnold, but uh, when they go into the mansion uh, for the party, uh, is what I'm going to call it. Um, oh, Keith Davids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think that's completely on purpose. And I think this is a little taste of that in the beginning where... You kind of gear, gear the audience up for... I guess so. And it's supposed to sort of be strange, I think. And it is paid off. At the end, when she goes to that to that uh, building, and they explain to her that it was legitimate, it just takes a while. Yeah, you know, and so again, no one is pulling her leg. This isn't a delusion of any sort. Um, it's just she's misunderstanding the situation, and of course, now she's, she's completely incoherent. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I I feel like that is. Aronofsky's sort of intention with all of that mm-hmm. um, because that's one of the reasons I love the movie so much is because of how uncomfortable I am and how strange it is that the, the hallway in that doctor's office is fogged up and you can't see you yeah. know, in it right yeah and he doesn't look at her um, yeah so you get a little bit of weight to lose yeah okay yeah we can do that and then he walks back out yeah uh, that was he's <laughs> I was reading that he said that was the hardest thing he's ever had to do is not look at another actor when he's talking to them really because uh, Aronofsky's like don't look at her like you're gonna walk in there you're gonna keep your head down don't make eye contact uh, because again it's it's a weird feeling of of this doctor not looking at his patient right right uh, it's so disconnected right so, um, again, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, because that just kind of threw me for a little bit. I was just like, but they don't say, like, what show she's going to be on, what network this is for. You know, because, of course, the only TV we see is... Uh, Mr. Tibbins? Yeah, Tabby Tibbins infomercial. Yep. Juice, which... Juice by you, yeah. I know they explain the acronym, yeah. but I'm still just like, what? I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I I know that you watched it on iTunes, correct? Yes. Um, if you had watched it on Blu-ray or on the 4K, the home screen is the um, is. Do you remember when they would sell something on television, and then at the very end there'd be that blue screen oh. with the little thing? That's what it is. Oh, okay. Um, and it's and it's got the little infomercial square at the very top, and That's it's cool. the the payment information and things like that. Um, uh, I loved that. I, I love that that's how it starts. The whole movie starts with Tabby, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's sprinkled throughout the film. 
And again, it's to remind us of Sarah's addiction and her motivations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very strange, right? Uh, it's, yeah. it's sort of vague, you know, this 30-day this thing. Yeah, this like self-help. Mm-hmm. And the, the well, we never hear the third rule. Oh, it's no sex. It's abstinence. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Because he's like, he's like, three things I did to change my life. Number one, no red meat. No refined sugar. Abstinence. Ah, okay. See, I never heard the third one. Those are the and you're not and they don't they don't tell you in the movie. Ah. But um, Christopher McDonald said that was the third one because he he shoot on Gavin. He did all of his stuff in one day. Um, See, yeah, 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 and he got a standing ovation when he was done. Um, I love his performance. Um, I know that you had said that you were a little annoyed by him after a well, while. Just because, like, like I said, that's all we see. We don't I, see any other TV throughout the again, whole movie. And again, I think that's. It's the, it's the you, you, we don't get to see all of the surroundings, right? It's right. just, it, it's un, uncomfortable that we are plopped into this world that doesn't seem to be like our own, right? Right. Um, that that's all she's watching on television. That's so strange, right? Yeah, this but, one infomercial. Yeah. Um, but again, I dig it. I you know. As soon as that movie starts and he says we got a winner, I just get giddy. You know what I mean? Because I I am just ready to go through this again, you know, and to and and to follow these characters again. Yeah. Um again, I've seen this movie way too many times. So well so then so okay. So I wanna just mention how great Marlon Wayne's was. Okay. Cause you know He is fantastic in this. I, I think much like what movie have we talked about? We've talked about so many movies. Uh, I just really feel like this was um, kind of out of the box for him. Mm-hmm. Because I think when people think Marlon Wayans, they think... Wayne's Brothers. Wayne's Brothers, scary movie. The first two. Uh, you know, it's really silly comedies. Yeah. And he he's not silly at all in this. He's deadly serious the whole movie. And he... I think he... Like, it was real kind of like uh, a breath of fresh air. Like, Jared Leto, I knew. I was like, Jared's probably going to hit it out of the park. Because Jared... I mean, okay. We're not counting Suicide Squad. But I haven't seen a bad performance from Jared Leto. I liked his Joker, so, I mean, you can even add it in there. I like um, it. And, of course, Jennifer Connelly is just amazing. Yes, in Jennifer everything she amazing. does. Exactly. Jennifer Connelly is unbelievable. Um, and so, so, seeing Marlon stand toe-to-toe with them, this whole movie, I was just like, man, he's... I, I did really like his character. I loved the idea of having him use seventies jargon. No, yeah, we ain't jabbing with that man. Yeah, groovy, dynamite. You know, like he's saying all of these things uh, from the seventies that is sort of like, oh, that's kind of strange. Yeah, um, it's not to place him in one. It's not really to place the movie in one time period or another. Yeah, because right? yeah, we never see really any evidence of. What year it is? Except, year? I mean, maybe for the TV for Macy's, but I think that's about it. I mean, other than that, it's yeah, because they're they're home. They they have home phones. I mean, cell phones were a thing in two thousand. Yes, but not, but not not as big as they are now. We're filming this on a cell phone. Yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> shout out to cell phones. <laughs> cell phones, uh, killing it. But um, but yeah, you know, and I just I just really like seeing Marlon really show his range and not thinking of him as shorty right from scary movie because 
Anything I see him in, I immediately think I, I'm like that's Shorty right there. Well, you, I think you just traded up because now you're yeah, gonna think now, of him as Tyrone. Now I'm gonna think. Now I'm gonna think that's that's Tyrone. That's right Tyrone. But um, and of course, like I said, Jared. I knew Jared was gonna do great. Um, it took me a while to get used to his Brooklyn accent. It's pretty good. I mean, it's a decent accent, and everyone has pretty decent accents in the movie. Um, you want flesh and blood, ma? <laughs> like that, that was like, oh no, he's doing a Brooklyn accent. Well, they're li- living in Island. Oh yeah, but then as the movie progressed, it I was like, I almost forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, his voice does he does sound different because it, it was so good that I thought he was. From right. Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, it's a... You know, let's talk about Coney Island for a second. Okay. The book does not take place in Coney Island. Um, and normally that would bother me. Uh, that, you know, why change it, right? Right. Um, Where does the book take place? I don't... It is somewhere in New York, but it's not Coney Island. Oh, okay. Because um, Coney Island is very specific, right? Yeah. Uh, with the... I thought they lived in Brighton Beach. She's from Brighton Beach. <sighs> uh, and again... Going from her apartment to the pond dude took a while, right? Uh, as they would say, schlepping the the TV all the way over there took a while. So, yeah. And I don't know where in relation Brighton Beach is with, um, with Coney Island. I have no idea. Um, we are from Texas, so we don't yeah. know that. Uh, also, I'd like to just mention, I know you're probably going to hate me. Uh the pawn guy, I only recognize him from one other movie. Uh, it's Ace Ventura. He's Mr. Shikadance. Oh. His landlord. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen Breaking Bad. Oh, wait, oh, that's right. Yeah. Never mind. You don't hate me anymore. Yeah, he's uh, Salamanca. But uh, he's also the um, uh, Max's friend and uh, former colleague in Pi. Oh, uh, okay. And so that's... And um, Max is... Um, played by the gentleman who plays the therapist. Um, and so he's bringing people back from Pi. The the nurse um, who was weighing Sarah it was in Pi. Okay. Um, the gentleman who <laughs> who says the words ass to ass, <laughs> uh. he is in Pi as well. Uh, and so he's he's really brought back almost everybody. Uh, so he pulls a, a Quentin where he's reusing it. Actors. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned Quentin because the reason why I I don't mind that he changed it to Coney Island is for the same reason that I love how Tarantino and Scorsese would place things from their childhoods or from their memories into mm. their films to give it a little more depth and a little more, you know, um, I guess, three dimensions, right? right. Or to give it something personally from them and uh aronofsky is from coney island i was just about to ask and if he was. so he remembers you know hanging out with friends underneath the pier and he remembers uh throwing paper airplanes off of uh from buildings and you can see the the carnival rides and mm. um you can see the beach and and so i i do like that he added a little bit of himself into this so he could really personally put a lot of himself into this movie right. and bring out a lot of emotion from that. And I think that's what makes the movie so great is once he decided to place it in a place he's very familiar with and loves, he will do anything he can to make the story the best he can. Right. Well, and he, he wrote the script or co-wrote the script, right? Mm-hmm. So, cause I know I was reading that he optioned 
to make the book into a movie. Um, and then co-wrote the script. Um, I'm assu- I mean, besides the setting, I am assuming... I mean, I know I just said we neither of us have read it, but like, I'm assuming there's things about the book that are different. Probably. I can tell you Herbert Selby doesn't care. Really? Because he's in the movie. Really? <laughs> yes, he is the uh, mouthy security guard, or... Um, I guess corrections officer uh, yelling at Tyrone. At oh, the towards end. the end of the movie, like oh, mashed potatoes, and he's that's Herbert Selby. That's dude, the author. Yeah. We'll get there, but that that those that 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 last whole sequence, mm-hmm. I felt like I was having a seizure. Yes, uh, where they keep going back and forth, and it's getting faster, faster and faster and faster. And then Tyrone starts. Oh, dude! Un- I was just until, like, until I mean, until everybody is at rock bottom, right? And that's the whole thing. We we are going from deciding what we're going to do to follow essentially our dream, right? Mm-hmm. Or our goal until they hit rock bottom. And that is the exact point where they we, we go from, from summer to fall to winter, right? And that's where it hits. Yeah, and... And again, we'll, we'll, we're going to get there. Right. But I do want to mention how I immediately knew when Harry calls Marion from jail. And she's like, I need you to come home today. It's the saddest thing and, in the and world. He, and he's like, I'll, I'll come. I'll come. And I'm like, she knows he's not coming back. Right. And they both do. They, I mean, obviously, he knows he's not going anywhere. Um, and she does too. She knows that, you know, she just needs to hear the words, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was going to send you a gif uh, of Requiem before you started. I was going to try to find a Tabby Tibbins one, um, <laughs> but instead they were just the really sad ones. <laughs> and like, uh, it, it was her on the phone saying, will you come today? You know, and I was yeah. like, oh, no. And he wouldn't get it yet. <laughs> so, and I, you know. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, the whole time I was like. Oh. That's one of the saddest moments in the film. Yeah, because is... she, she wipes her tear away. And I'm like, she, she knows he's not coming back. And they actually, in real time, had that conversation. Um, really? The phones were connected to one another. Yeah. Um, and so they were, they were like, you know, a couple of, you know, doors away from one another. Uh, so I do want to ask this, though. Sure. So they get arrested on their way to Florida. Mm-hmm. They uh, are somewhere in between New York and Florida. Right. At one point, we do know 600 miles away. Yeah. So my only thing is, wherever they were, apparently, I guess just seeing track marks is enough to get you arrested. Because that's what I assumed. They are going further south. Um, and, of course, you know... A lot of places still have no tolerance policies. You know, I, I mean, I had a feeling because how Darren was setting it up, I had a feeling Mar- Marlon was going to get arrested for no reason. I was like, how how these guys keep coming in, these white men keep coming into frame and looking at him, he's going to get arrested. I know he is. But then when Jared got arrested, it was like the only thing that could have gotten him arrested is the track marks. Which one has become infected, which is the whole reason they're in a hospital to begin with. But, I don't know, just... By the way, I know you probably didn't know or care who he was, but 
uh, Dylan Baker is the doctor who goes oh, yeah, and says, no. I was like, hey, uh, Dr. Connors. Um, Dylan Baker is amazing. And it's so cool that he just he got to be in the movie, even though it's just for two seconds. Well, I noticed that, that he does that a lot. Sidebar, everyone. Like, like he's, I consider him a character actor because he, he just pops up. He is. Um, he's a great character actor. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, maybe later on down the line, we'll do Happiness, um, where he plays a child molester and um <laughs> uh it's a re- it's a great movie right um and dylan baker has a bigger role in that movie and i just think he's fantastic and so when when you see him in this you're like hey it's dylan baker and well i did think it was kind of funny that he immediately knows like oh this guy's a heroin addict and he takes the morphine he that was not scripted he just took it off that's the, that's funny yeah it was a fun little ad lib for him just to but I was like, take the miles. <laughs> like Because he thinks he's going to shoot up. Right. Which I think at that point, Jared was like, it probably in real life was probably like, I don't want to shoot up right now. I want you to fix this. Right. So I can shoot up. Um, his arm is the most horrific thing oh, yeah. I've ever seen in a movie. Um, Especially when he's in jail and it's getting worse. Oh, oh when they showed it at that point, I was like. And this is one of the moments where the hip hop montage stops is when they're in the car and you see the needle go in uh, because he hesitates and then he just goes ahead and shoots up in that arm. Right. And it's horrific. Oh, yeah. I I had to look away. I was like, no. Mm -mm." Yeah. It's crazy. I look at it every time. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Um, Maybe this time he won't do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) This movie that's 20 years old. Maybe he won't do it this time. Maybe he won't do it this time. Uh, oh, he did it again. Ah, yeah, yeah, You know what? He always does. Um, uh, well, see, and, and and I feel like that really shows where, where he was at with his addiction, that he, his best friend in the, well, I'm assuming his best friend, because we don't see any other friends. His best friend is like, don't do that. Right. The other heroin addict was like, don't do that. I wouldn't. Yeah. And he fucking does it anyway. By the way, like that he calls him Jim. I don't know where it comes from. I know, I was like, but I, I really like it. Again, it's part of that. You know, it's part of his uh, his swagger and his jive, right? Yeah. Is he just you know calls him Jim? I don't know why, and I never will, because um, um, his name is Harry, right? Well, and you know, it's something else. I just had this thought. Something else about the whole uh, the the scene of Harry shooting up in his infected arm mm-hmm. is it made me think of a, a quote that Ellen said. When she was talking about how she had done research on druggies for the stage play she was doing before she did this. Mm -hmm. And she said she remembers talking to an ex-heroin addict. And they told her, you know, the first few times it's to get high. But then when you're in the full swing of it, it's to not get sick. It's to get back to to center, right? Yeah. It's to get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like now that because now I'm really kind of processing everything because I didn't have a chance to process everything last night. It is a fast and furious movie. Yeah. But like now that I'm kind of processing it and we're talking about it, I'm like, maybe that's why he did it. Maybe Maybe. he felt like, oh, I mean, he says it like I just got to, you know, it's got to go boom and I'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, no, you're not fine. He is not fine. That is correct. Uh None of them are fine. Um, I was convinced Jared Leto was going to die at the end of this movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's going to fucking die. No, that's too easy. Right. You you know, he would have been better off. Yeah. Right. Um, I. All right. Let's go for it. So let's go for the end. Oh, so, shit. Um, all right. 
first off, Clint Mansell should win all the awards for this score. Um, oh, yeah. See, when we was playing that first opening, I was like, I've heard this before. And now I know where. Uh, he's amazing. And that sort of... At the very end, when you know things start to go a little faster and a little faster. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, they're, you know, they're electrocuting Sarah. Oh my God, uh, Tyrone is in this work camp prison oh my god uh marion is a prostitute now that's crazy um and we think harry might die yeah at the hospital and just it keeps going faster 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 um and again it's the it's that sort of uncomfortability and that claustrophobia especially with sarah at the hospital Mm -hmm. we don't know where she is right neither does she um, I had to look away for a few of those scenes too, like when they're feeding her, and yep. then when they stick the tube up her nose, I was like, "Yep." Ooh. Well, she's not eating. You know what yeah. I mean? And they have to keep her alive, right, until she detoxes, right? Um, and it's—I mean, it's horrendous. All of it. Yeah. Is and again, it's all them precisely rock bottom, right? Uh, they can't get lower than this, right? One presumes, um, and. And it is so wonderfully put together that, I mean, you're about to have a heart attack, like you were saying. Yeah, I genuinely felt like I was having a seizure. You're, you, I mean, you were, like, holding your breath. I, I literally sat up, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my yeah. God. And it's just, it's brilliant. The whole thing is absolutely brilliant. When, when finally everything stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it stops with uh, Harry... Uh, getting blood on his face, right as they're cutting the arm off, which they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it like that. Um, the only problem I have with the movie is that's just so they would never allow that to happen in a hospital. They would. I don't think no matter what the even if it was a prison hospital, yeah, yeah, no matter what, they would have something covering his for just for that precise reason. Yeah. Um. So I want to ask. Okay. About Harry's dream. Sure. Yeah. Because I have questions about that. Okay. Because I, you know, when we see it, when they're about to score the pure heroin, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. you know, he sees Marion on the pier at Coney Island in a red dress, and she turns around, and but we're not hearing anything. Right. Until Tyrone comes in, and it kind of interrupts the dream. Right. And then right after... Uh, they're cutting Harry's arm off, and we see the blood hit his face. He's back at the pier, but now Marion's gone, and he steps and he almost falls. So I was convinced that the whole movie was in his head, that he had followed the first dream out the window. Oh, that's interesting. Because, you know, we see him, we see what looks like someone falling, right? and then he wakes up in the hospital. Right. So I was convinced he his high was so big that he... Jumped out the window without knowing. Well, I never really thought of that. But then when we see the zoom out and his arm is gone, I was like, oh, no, everything no, yeah. everything happened. No, everything happened. I, I know you were probably just clinging to any sort of thing to probably. have it not happen. That's probably right? what I was probably doing. Um, it's probably like, makes sense. Please, God, don't tell me everything I just watched really happened. It did, yeah. Uh, um, the dream sequences, or whatever you want to call them, I guess. Because, um, I mean, the first one, he wasn't asleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
I guess it is sort of a uh, hallucination, maybe, or whatever. Um, I don't know. I like to think of it as, you know, he is... All he wants is to be happy with Marion. Yeah. Right? Essentially, if you want to boil it down again. Um, and the second time, he knows that it's impossible. She's gone. And the Lord knows what's going to happen to him. He definitely doesn't know. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, speaking of Miriam, I meant to bring this up earlier. You know, when when she comes back for having sex with Arnold, uh, they're just kind of sitting there silent. I was, I like openly said, I was like, dude, you can't get mad at her. You're the one who told her to do it. I think they're just depressed, right? That they've had to sink this low. They, they both know that they've made the wrong decision, right? Um, there's a couple of things that I, I thought about you because uh, he... Aronofsky takes uh, some uh, some shots he has seen from different animes, and he put it oh. in this film. When they're in bed, and Harry is facing the camera, and she is facing um, sideways, mm-hmm. and you can sort of see her silhouette. I think he said he took that from one, um, and then her in the bathtub. Uh, took that from one also. Mm. Um, that I love that shot by the way. Her, her in the, the bathtub. bathtub, and then she just screams. Ah, oh, dude, I loved it. Yeah, because that was right after her Keith David incident. Keith David. I love Keith David. Another great character actor. Uh, I've never seen him play a slime ball before. He's good, and he was fucking. He was terrifying. Yeah, like, I've seen him play a bad guy. I've seen him play a good guy. I've seen him play a dad. Uh, I think one of my favorite roles of his is when he got when he was recast to play Gus's dad in Psych because mm-hmm. they couldn't get Ernie Hudson back, which I was a little upset with. But I think Keith David did just as good as a job as Ernie Hudson. But I was just like, man, yeah, I Keith David don't is. like you, and yeah, he's gross. But I do like that Aaron or Darren. Sorry, sorry, Darren, if you're watching or listening. Uh, I really like that he really showcases Keith David's gap in his teeth. His teeth, yeah. You know, because I'm sure he's not self-conscious about that at all. I'm only slightly being sarcastic, you know. But but it's almost like he's, like, for me, Darren's really showing, like, something's wrong with this and guy. And I think it's, we are focusing on what Marion's focusing on, mm. right? What would she be focused on? Yeah, he's got a gap in his teeth. He's... Or he, his mouth. Yeah. You know, more importantly, or, you know, how tall he is. And so throughout the movie, uh, some of the nudity we got. Yes, we did. I um, I was like, wow, I didn't think I'd ever see uh, Jennifer Connelly's bush in this. And then we see Marlon Wayne's bare ass. Well, when it gets to that scene, I'm like, are we about to see Keith David's penis? I'm like, I mean, I don't want to. I mean, you wish. But I wish. And then we don't see it. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, a part of me was like, oh, okay, good. I yeah. don't want to see it. But yeah, I was yeah. like, could you what imagine? if we did? It's just, yeah. It's probably massive. Probably. But, um, dude. We, yeah. Uh, we didn't really get to talk about the, the before we get to really the end, um, uh, the some of the camera rigs. Um, oh, dude. Uh, okay. Love that. That, they, that uh, a lot of the actors wore. I don't think... Jerry Leto wore one, but everyone else did. Mar- yeah, to, Marlon did, Ellen did, and Jennifer did. Yeah. Um, uh, out of the four main ones, three of them got to wear it. And uh, apparently I think it's heavy. But 
uh, it's such a cool looking shot to have just um, a stationary camera attached to a body the physical body right and so every time they move that camera moves and so it, it's so and you know we just get that shot of their face and yeah, i i really loved it with marlon because it was right after the shootout right and he's hauling ass yeah and that camera is and i i i love those i love those type of uh, uh, uh riggings for actors because i really feel like they get to really play it because mm-hmm. the camera's right in front of them uh, Jennifer Connelly's was a little upsetting because it, it was right after. I liked it up until she vomits, and I was just like, oh. So you just everything with vomit because you didn't like Marlon vomiting either. Uh, I well, see. yeah, if it's if it's super over the top, then it doesn't bother me. But yeah. if it's virtually realistic, yeah, I, I can't do it. Gotcha. Um, you know, like uh, I'm trying to think, like 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 Sandlot when they mm-hmm. all vomit on the Tilt a Whirl. Doesn't bother me. Oh, okay. Used to, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, ah, oh. no, no, no. Like, because, but, but Marlon and Jennifer's, it, it's so realistic. I was yeah. just like, oh. Yeah. It's, I, I really do enjoy, you know what? All right. This film is so unique and so original, man. I mean, even the most mundane scene, he puts a little spin on it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, her, you know, leaving Arnold's apartment doesn't have to look like that, right? Um, Sarah cleaning her apartment furiously because she is so hopped up on drugs doesn't have to look like that. Yeah. But it does, right? And, which is one of the great scenes in this film. Yeah, this tracking shot going from her bedroom. It's just so cool looking, right? And, I mean, up to, we get to see the sun go down. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, the lights turn on because it's getting darker, and uh, that time lapse is just so cool. Oh yeah! On the special features on the Blu-ray, it shows you how they do it. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't really remember how they did it, but it it was a lot of work. So before we get into the ending, I do want to talk about I love how Darren plays with time in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, with a lot of the time lapses and. Uh, well, time lapse isn't specific. Like when, like Sarah is kind of fumbling through the streets, and everyone around her yes. is moving fast paced, but she's walking normal. Her the second time at the doctor's office when she's in fisheye, mm-hmm. and she's slow, and everyone's fast, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this how he was playing with time. Yeah, it's that distortion of reality um, in these people's point of views, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah is so strung out on these drugs that, you know, her perception is altered, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's brilliant. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so the ending. All right. Um, every single person hits rock bottom, mm-hmm. right? And I truly love how he has them all turn to their right, put their knees to their chest, Right, mm-hmm. um, and we fade to the next person, right? Right. Until Sarah, um, everyone seems to understand the weight of their situation, except for Marion. Um, I got a yeah. I, I got a feeling she was almost like Marion is almost content. Yeah. Right. Even though she probably shouldn't be, but she got what she wanted at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. 
um, money and drugs. Congratulations, right? Um, she is completely, I think, unaware in that moment um, of her of her downfall, of her rock bottom, mm-hmm. and that is to me more depressing. Uh, yeah, Marion's. Yeah, maybe that's why it was listed on that video because I think you know, because yeah, I felt like I was like she doesn't seem to be that concerned with the fact of what she did, no. which we're about to talk about. Um, a normal self-respecting person probably would have been like, oh my god, I can't believe I just did that. Right? Why did I do that? Right. Um, and of course, during she seems like she feels that way, like she just can't believe that she's put herself in this situation. But once it's all over, it's all over. Right, yeah. and until next time, you you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, and it's yeah, it's sad, uh, you know, because we we go to we we get Jared's reaction first, uh, you know, he wakes up from the operation, and we we get sort of that um, that Jonathan Demi um, Silence of the Lambs thing where it's close-up, 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 right? Direct to camera instead of, like, a, a two-shot or a whatever, right? Uh-huh. Um, which is how Jonathan Demi shoots a lot of conversations um, in Silence of the Lambs, which we talked about in, like, season two or whatever, so go check that out. Um, yeah. Season two? And, yeah. and so I really liked that. Again, didn't have to do that, yeah. right? Um, and it's so devastating that... He then Harry just knows that he's never going to see Marion again. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and this poor nurse, all she can do is just comfort him. Mm-hmm. No, no, she'll come. She'll come. And he's like, No, he won't. No, she won't. And before we get to everyone else's, I I meant to mention this. You know, the whole movie, Harry. Maybe you might agree with me on this. Harry uses heroin, so he doesn't have to feel. I agree. You know, like when he leaves his mom's house and he sees the state she's in, he starts to cry and he quickly shoots up and he's fine and he's fine and then when uh, marion is with arnold he starts to fantasize like oh my god what are they doing i gotta shoot up really quickly. not the actor who plays arnold by the way yeah because uh, you know he's that dude's bald on bald, top yeah. but then you know now here he is at rock bottom and he has no choice but he has to feel it right and um and maybe it was an acting choice but jared leto is an ugly crier by the way yeah I don't know if it was his choice to really contort his face. Probably. But if not, he's an ugly crier. I'm trying to remember him crying in another movie, and I can't. Because I, <laughs> I don't think he's cried in any other movie. Yeah, he probably cried Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, it's probably. been a while since I've seen that. Um, but then, you know, then we get Marlon, who all he can think about is his mom. Because the whole, his whole motivation is he wants to make his mom proud. Right. And again, we, it was a good setup to that. You know, when he's playing with the mirrors and then we get that flashback, mm-hmm. right? And again, great tracking shot of that kid, you know, running up the stairs and through the hallway and right to uh, the, and her said, lap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, holding an orange, by the way. Um, uh, that's on purpose. Uh, and yeah. so was the guy peeling the orange uh, at the back of the grocery store. Yeah. Um, again, we've debunked this, but... Um, it's supposed to be that, you know, that rumor that... Uh, yeah. It, that, for Godfather. It, yeah, right? that when someone has an orange, they die. Right, or something horrible. Something horrible is about to happen. Right. And we said it was because... Uh, they just wanted more color. Yeah. It was too dark and too monochromatic, and so they needed a pop of color. But, um... And then we get Marion, 
who again I agree with you. She seems content. She does, and again, with her that's big more, ass wad of money. More depressing. Yeah, and then we get Sarah, who you know she hasn't been responding to their efforts of trying to feed her. But now she seems aware, right? Of, of like what she's. I think she's more aware of where she is. Number one. Um, What's gone on? Yeah, and you know, I think now that she's sort of detoxed a bit, you know, is my impression of Sarah at the very end. But that escapism is still there, there, and that she needs right, and that's when we get the final, uh, the almost the the mirror of the beginning, and it's tremendously sad. Yeah. Um, the very end. If if you are not a crier, you wanted to. Uh, when when she is so excited to see Harry, and that he's successful, and that he's, he's gonna married. he's gonna have a baby, and she's in the red dress, and she's thin, and she's on television. Um, this fantasy that she's created, and that she knows is a fantasy, because we get that. Um, that sort of longing look in her face as she is daydreaming about this, right? Fantasizing mm-hmm. about this is how it could have gone if I had gotten to be on television. Right. Um, and it's the saddest part of the movie. Yeah. And it's the very first thing they ever shot. Really? Uh, yeah. So when Ellen Burstyn is going from happy to sad to crying while she's hugging Jared Leto, uh-huh. this is the very first thing she shot. Really, and so to be able to convey such emotion from the entire weight of the narrative is genius. That she was able to do that their first day. That's awesome. Well, because they had to put her in a fat suit, so it's uh, easier to get her skinny stuff out of the way. That's true. Um, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we probably. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh. I want to talk about the censorship of this movie. All right, because I know we've we talked about it a lot in American Psycho, um, but man, fucking the MPAA. Are I have never seen monsters. I've never seen the rated R version, so I've only ever seen the director's the director's cut. cut. Yeah, so I don't know what they cut out. I assume a lot of Jennifer Connelly's scenes at the end. Um, yeah, because I read that the. That due to all this, that was due to the graphic sex scene. The MPAA was going to slap an NC-17 on it, and he tried to get that appealed, and they yes, denied it. Yep. And you because know, he's not allowed to cite any other examples, any other movies that have similar scenes. At the time, you are not allowed to do that. And uh, and I read what he said. He said that it, it wasn't meant to be gratuitous. It's meant to show. The links she has gone, and, and you know, I mean, it's. I thought you know. it was about. I assumed it was for Marlon Wayne's sex scene. Okay, because I mean, it was pretty graphic. It was kind of graphic, yes. but. Yeah. <laughs> and again, uh, going back to a scene that doesn't really need anything special about it, uh, he just he you know rotates that camera and spins it right as he's going. Yeah, very and, cool, and yeah. he doesn't have to do that, right? So again, he's taking a lot of swings. And I respect that. Yeah, but uh, then when I realized what scene was more so in reference to, it was like, uh, um, we won't get into the specifics, but it involves Jennifer Connelly and another girl, and 
a thing in between them. It's a double-sided purple dildo. I don't know why. I think it was we, a black dildo. Whatever. I don't know why we're pretending it didn't. People just didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> uh, a sidebar. I'm assuming, obviously, Jennifer Connelly probably didn't go ass to ass with another actress. I'm not sure how they did that. Do you think I, they I just don't... probably did like a close up of her and then had a body double? Probably. Wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. It's how I would have done that. I I didn't mention it. That that for me that was probably the most uncomfortable I'd been in the whole movie. Okay. Was well, because your wife was standing right there? No. Okay. Uh, it was the guys that made it uncomfortable yes. for me. Uh, the guys are really gross. Yeah. Um, and but of course, you know they're supposed to be gross. They're supposed it. You know. Well, and and it plays on what Darren had set up in the previous scene where he's at first inviting her over. Right. He's like, yeah, a lot of good people, a lot of good people. Yeah. And then you're like, oh no, these are not good people. No. Um, but anyway, back to the censorship. Yeah, like, like I understand. That, you know, our, the American movie industry is, they've got hangups, you know, but like, if it's not, I'm trying to think of a good way to word this. I recently, uh, a couple of days ago, actually, uh, just watched a documentary on Hulu uh, called Skin. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a documentary about the history of nudity in film. And so they, they talk about, you know, the, the, the censorship codes and pre-code films and then the introduction of the MPAA and the rating system. And it's really interesting. Um, And they didn't talk about this one, which I thought was interesting. I feel like they should have. Well, they did start from 1887 all the way to the 2000s. I mean, they they didn't have time. (laughs) So... They, dude, they could have just done like they do on National Geographic. It could have been a multiple part documentary series. Yeah, it could have been a Ken Burns thing. <laughs> uh, maybe. But, but anyway, the point being is with a film like this that's so. It's art. I mean, I, do, I think all films are, but this one specifically is, is an art piece. I think the rules should have been a little bit more relaxed because what we're seeing is not. I mean, it is gratuitous, but. Not for the sake of gratuity, for the I sake... I mean, I would say it's graphic and not gratuitous. I would okay. say that, yeah, 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 it's graphic, but it's it, not for integral the sake... to the plot. Right, right, which right. is what Darren said to the board, is it's, we have to see how low she's getting. Here's why they said no to the appeal. It's an independent film. It's not a big studio. Jack Valenti works for the studio. He doesn't work for filmmakers. He's, he's bought. Jack Valenti... You know, mm. that's a good thing he's in hell. That's right. Works for the studios, and so at the time he's not a big studio. It's an independent film. And so if yeah. if Darren would have been able to sell this movie to say like Warner, you think he probably would have gotten yeah an okay probably ish. And if he was someone else, probably mm, like if, at this point, if he was Martin Scorsese. Yeah, like if Scorsese had this in a film and it's Warner Brothers, he'd have been like, yeah, They'd be like oh yeah, 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 Martin, yeah, there you go, there you go, buddy. Wouldn't have even have been a conversation. So, you know, it's it's one of those unfair things about the MPAA. Less so now, but definitely back then. Um, yeah. Um, but but I agree. I agree that the censorship was unfair. But take of course, a, take a lesson, kids. Uh, if you want to make a film in America and you want graphic sex, you may not get it. Be Martin Scorsese. Yes. Um, Just steal his life, <laughs> remake all his movies, and then there you go. 
Um, That'd be fun. Um, I, I will say that there's a great documentary about the MPAA uh, called This Film Is Not Yet Rated by I Kirby think Dick. Me it's one. amazing. So in, if our audience is interested in that, uh, it's called This Film Is Not Yet Rated by uh, Kirby Dick. He also did The Invisible War, I believe Hunting Ground as well. Um, he's a great documentarian. So Yeah. Um, well, so Jeremy, are you ready to uh, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? Sure. Um, I, again, I love, love this movie. Uh, this is by far one of my favorites. It will always be in my top five. Um, once I saw it, I would tell people this is my favorite movie um, until, I don't know, until I was in college, probably. Yeah. And then it changes. But Now it's, now it's a, I'm thinking of ending things, which I still will watch. Oh, Calm it, yourself. It is not, but I do love I'm thinking of ending things. It's an M. Um, you know, Fritz Lang. Yeah. Um, but again, this film is brilliant. I, and it's sad from the very beginning, I think, because yeah. once Harry takes the television, um, uh, Sarah talks to Seymour and said, you know, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to work out just fine. Um, and then slam Requiem for a Dream off to the races. Um, that garage door sound, by the way, the mm-hmm. sound design of that, I loved. Um, before, we, before we talk about give our teaser for next week i did want to ask what does the title mean well a requiem is a uh piece of music for usually a funeral um and so so it's essentially like funeral of a for a dream yeah i mean these guys you know it's the it's the death of a dream it's the you know and um is i mean almost a literal translation I, i guess but you know I don't know. Um, mm. But that's what a rec room is. It's a piece of music. Okay. So, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Would you like to know what we're talking about next week? I would love week? to know what we're talking about so, next week. It is not my pick, so go ahead. I have been going back and forth a lot. And lately, I have been wanting to do some movies that, in my personal opinion, are are breaking the norms it's a couple that I have picked out, and we'll probably do them later, either this season or next season. Um, but it's movies, in my opinion, either from a director or an actor, that really breaks the mold in their style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a tie on either of these, and I decided to go with this one. Okay. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Oh, it's a Jim Carrey movie. That's The Truman Show. I love the Truman Show. Of course show. you do, because you're an American, and uh, you and I'm, Jim Carrey fucking I'm sure kills it. Our non-American listeners also. I'm love, so sorry, our listeners uh, in Ireland and Germany and Iraq. Oh, that's right. We do have listeners um, in Iraq. Yes, I'm sure they also love the Truman Show. Um, but I, I get exactly what you're saying. I'm not a dirty communist, therefore I love. <laughs> Uh, I love the Truman Show. Yes, it is a movie that. Ooh, surprisingly good pick from Ray. Look at that. It is a movie that, like, it really, you know, because at this point in Jim's career, you know, it, it was Ace Ventura, it was The Mask, it was yes. in Living Color. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, Jim had only really been doing comedies and really out there comedies, and then he shocked everyone with this performance, and it's. Truman Show is fantastic. I have a great bit I do about cats. I feel like we we are Truman showing uh, indoor cats. 
um, because like they, like let's say like they try to walk outside, like no 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 slam the door. Uh, it's almost like their ship has hit the um, the edge of the, the the edge of the set. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I so I personally think that Americans and everyone in the world have been Truman showing indoor cats for yes. years. Absolutely. There's um, little Trumans out there thinking this is the whole world. My world only beyond these four walls. That's right. <laughs> uh, Ooh, good pick, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what the the uh, the tie was okay. going to be off mic, but okay. uh, we hope everyone enjoyed uh, Rec Room for a Dream. Again, just give us some time. We'll have episode one, the the premiere, up on our YouTube. Once we do, we will probably share that shit everywhere. Probably. Um, and then we will have this the audio up on Tuesday, and I will try to get the video up on Wednesday. Perfect. Um, Oh, we also hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Yes. I mean, in relevate, uh, relative to this episode, Thanksgiving was only two days two ago. Days ago. Uh, for you guys, it would have been almost a week. Almost. A week. So, but, we, you know, again, hope, hope, everyone everyone, had, hope everyone had a great, safe Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and gearing up for the holidays. We are probably not, I, I would say that we're not going to do... A Christmas movie? Um, that's what you think. For, okay, I guess we are. So, uh, I wouldn't have wanted to, but that's fine. Um, get ready, guys, for this season. It's going to be great. I am planning on um, bringing a lot more downers uh, oh, this season. So, introducing... Especially, especially when we're about to be in December, so... Yeah, you know what I mean? Just, like, we're right in for the holiday season. Uh, I am, My picks are going to be some downers this season, but... Really good downer. Really good downer. Of course. Of course. This was a really good downer. I mean, it was. But, uh, all right, everyone. Well, uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, we will catch you guys next week.